Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Rusty Quill presents. The Ostium Sagas. Thirteen, Saga One, Ten Sixty Six. Authors End Note. This was the first of the Ostium sagas I was granted access to read by the Conclave. It had already been translated some time before, that is except for the part in a language that no one was able to interpret. I had only been with the Conclave a few years at that point, and while I had seen much and been exposed to plenty that tested the very limits of not just my reality, but also my imagination, I still had issues with this chronicle. Too many questions, perhaps. Nevertheless, after my initial reading, it felt like a tale that had been confabulated, that could not possibly be true, that was the work of fiction. A very good work of fiction, I might add. There have been plenty of works of the fantastic throughout our times. Beowulf, the Divine Comedy, and I need not get into the works of the Greek Homer with his marvellous Odyssey. There was simply too much going on, too many directions taken, too many different elements at play. I was told by some of my fellow Conclave members that did not all those points make the tale that more possibly real? Why would someone make up such a story? For what purpose? And then it was explained to me that the accompanying document referred to as the slim volume in the Chronicle had been found with this Ostium saga, and what the person had written that was verifiable with sources and evidence had been done so. It did seem that a number of points and inferences made by the chronicler were in fact true. Therefore, was it not at least conceivable that the entire story, on some level, may also be true? It was then, with all this mounting evidence, that my mind began to be changed. It was then that I felt an excitement build, a frisson of possibilities. Here was something I could focus on, dedicate myself to, immerse myself in and learn all I could, and record it for others to read and learn from. And thus, in a way, I began my own Ostium saga, that concluded with the completion of this book you now hold in your hands, 
leader of the Conclave. But let us not get ahead of ourselves. This first chronicle of the Ostium Sagas was recorded by a member of the Conclave in the year 1122. Word of it was discovered at an inn one night when a man, after some mugs of ale, was recounting some stories of his grandfather. And one of those stories involved the grandfather's wife, who had died some time ago at that point, saying that once, long, long ago, she had been tasked with the burial of a special book wrapped in numerous animal skins upon a certain person's death. She knew nothing of what the book consisted of, and neither did the grandfather. All that was really known was that the item was buried underground within the ruins of an old church located somewhere within the realms of the town of Hester. The member of the conclave who overheard this conversation from a nearby table, as this is how some of the conclave are trained, to mind their own business while having a drink, but always keeping their ears and eyes as open as possible. In that way, many secrets can become known without anyone being the wiser that they have been discreetly overheard. The Conclave member wasted no time, as that is his prerogative, tempest fugit and all that, but also he was unsure who else may have heard the stories being shared that night in the inn over too much ale and mead. A few days later he reached Hester and began asking a few people, quietly and clandestinely, whether they knew of the ruins of an old church in the surrounding countryside. The third person provided him with an approximate location, which was good because he could not talk to more than three people without arousing suspicion in the town, being a newcomer and all. He promptly left in search of the church, which he found that day as the sun was setting. With shovel in hand, he entered the church, choosing to go deep within in search of a likely place to dig, and as we know, this was to his favor. On the third digging attempt, he found the animal skins, which contained the chronicle and the slim volume. Not wanting to dally, for he suspected there might be others coming to search, he filled in the hole to cover the evidence of his digging and quickly slipped away into the night. Very briefly, he returned to Hester to rest and heard of those who were to go in search of the old church the following morning. The next day, as those men went in search of riches in a fruitless journey, our man left to rejoin the conclave at a hidden location, and then began the studying of the chronicle and the enigmatic slim volume, and it served as the genesis to the Ostium sagas, which would not be collected together until half a millennium later, as is my task now. been informed now by the conclave that this volume is to also serve as a history and informational treatise on the conclave and to provide details where possible which i shall endeavor to do so in future endnotes for now dear reader let this serve as the first of many endnotes as we dive deep into these ostium sagas and into the beautiful mystery that is the conclave the next ostium saga as i have already indicated will consist in its entirety the slim volume diligently copied in its unknown and curious language.
the Ostium Sagas. Fourteen, Saga One, ten sixty six, Recorders and Note, Part One. I let the story sit with me for a few days, not wanting to jump to any conclusions or assumptions. What's that expression I've heard Jake use a few times? It's best not to assume because that makes an ass. sorry, rather that makes an ass out of you and me. First time he told me that, it went right over my head like a Concorde going from London to New York in record time. Then he explained it a few times and it still meant gobbledygook to me. And then he wrote it down and finally the penny dropped. There's a lot going on in this Ostium saga, a bloody lot, on many different levels. What with the person being sent from here through an Ostium door back to the 11th century, and how it was the time and place they dreamed of most of their life and they were finally there, and then to get screwed over by the Ostium network, which should come as a surprise to no one as they tend to specialise in that, and getting stuck there in that time and place very permanently, and what they did to try and get themselves out. I asked Zhang if they had ever heard or come across any data where a person had tried to contact the Ostium network from the 11th century, but they said they had no record of anything like that. And then there was the discovery of that slim volume, which is the next Ostium saga that I'm just aching to read, but I'm making myself not do. Not until we put this first Ostium saga completely to bed. And then if we take a step back and have a look at the bigger picture, which is the Conclave, a secret group that has apparently existed for millennia, and one of their duties, so they decided, is to collect stories of people lost in time who all talk about a place called Ostium. It would all seem balmy if I weren't currently living in the very place all these people used to call home. The Conclave has no idea what Ostium or the Ostium network is, other than what they have been able to divine through the Ostium sagas. And then let's take one last step back and acknowledge the elephant who seems very partial to all things Ostium in the room with the Ostium door, and talk about why all these unique and incredible documents and chronicles and books keep being discovered in old abandoned ruined churches. What's going on there exactly? The mind boggles. Makes me want to start checking every old church I come across and with my trusty spade start digging lots of holes everywhere, just in case, you know. Did the Conclave know something about this? Some intrinsic link that we haven't been made privy to yet, and that's why the Ostium Saga's book was found buried in a church. Maybe it's just one of those mysteries we'll never find an answer to. At least that's not likely in this book. Which is why these recorders' endnotes are not just going to be me rehashing the amazing things I just read, and you just listened to, dear listener. No, I'm going to see what I can find out about everything involved in the first Ostium Saga, by doing some deep and heavy research.
Okay, update. It's been a week of me metaphorically ransacking the internet once more for any snippets or clues or shreds of evidence related to this saga, and I'll be perfectly honest, so far I haven't found much. I will say I've learned a ridiculous amount of history about the Battle of Hastings, and just general medieval life in the 11th century, and I have to hand it to this bloke, the fact that he was able to have an enjoyable and fruitful life, to raise a family with grandchildren, and to seemingly pass away from old age with an apparent smile on his face, even if he did get the Ostium Network branded vaccine cocktail to protect him from all the illnesses and viruses of the time. I mean, I'm almost jealous of the guy, considering there was only a very poor excuse for medicine available, and the concept of hygiene and cleanliness hadn't really been invented yet. Obviously a lot of that is blown out of proportion, especially for the big budget Hollywood films, and there were lots and lots of people who lived to ripe old ages, and they were all called witches and burned at the stake or tossed into the river. <laughs> nah, only kidding. Nevertheless, as bad as things had gone for him, in the end it all turned out pretty good, as he firmly attests to in his chronicle. After too many days of mind-numbing research, or I suppose, attempted mind-numbing research, as I hadn't really found anything of substance or what I would deem useful and worthy of being mentioned in this recorder's endnote, and just as I was about to say sod it and call it all day, and move on to the next Ostium saga, I found something. A little something. A digital thread, if you will, that I could have easily said would turn out to be a big bloody waste of time and not bothered, but I chose to keep going. Perhaps because I discovered so little, or perhaps because this was something waiting to be found by the likes of me, or perhaps even this was Ostium and the Ostium network working its influence on me and the reality around me, as it has done to all of us on numerous occasions before. And now as I record these notes some weeks later, I'm starting to wonder if this digital thread I plucked that led to a real person who has revealed himself to be a curmudgeonly college professor may in fact be secret, yes, oh so very secretly, an alive and well member of the Conclave. The Ostium Sagas Fifteen Saga One Ten Sixty Six Recorders Endnote Part Two
The digital thread began with a discussion on how King Harold died at the Battle of Hastings. Thanks to the Bayer Tapestry, as well as other sources, it is believed he died from a fatal arrow wound, poignantly depicted in the tapestry, with said arrow piercing King Harold's eye. But there are others, scholars included, who call the tapestry a piece of propaganda, and that was not how the king died. Others say he even survived and managed to escape, spending the rest of his days incognito on the Isle of Wight. I know, it all sounds a bit far-fetched to me, but this is the internet after all, where all manner of outlandish conspiracies abound. But one of these message board threads… Yes, I suppose the pun has to be intended here, even if I don't really want it to, since I said it all began with a digital threat. Anyway, they were talking about the length of the battle and how long it all lasted, and there was one poster on the board arguing with the specifics. Specifics that wouldn't have seemed that unusual or to stand out in any way, that is, if they hadn't been done with the same exact phrasing as from the Ostium Saga. Even going so far as to say, while the majority of the battle may have been completed by the setting of the sun, there were still skirmishes and plenty of fighting going on well into the night. Now where have we heard this before? Yes, I know. Coincidence? I think not. So I looked up what more the poster had written, or more aptly, ranted about. His username on the message board was William the Conk, as in C-O-N-Q. I wonder if they wouldn't give him enough letters to do Conqueror. Or he just believes William of Normandy had a rather large nose? There wasn't too much chatter from him on the Battle of Hastings. Some stuff on 11th century medieval life, but nothing necessarily controversial, and nothing that pinged with me in relation to the Ostium Saga. There were plenty more discussions on matters covering the next few centuries, from the Aquitaines to King John and the Magna Carta, and then a bunch of stuff on the Black Death, and a little on the Hundred Years' War. But I didn't read too much into it, since all this history was well beyond the Battle of Hastings and the purview of this particular Ostium saga. But that exact phrasing was still sticking out like a sore thumb to me. So I tried looking the guy up by clicking on his username, and was taken to his profile, where there wasn't a lot of other information, other than a very short bio, which stated that he is a professor of the medieval period, and specifically the High Middle Ages from the year 1000 to about 1450, or the end of the Hundred Years' War. His location was listed as Marquette University. I'm thinking he had all these details in his bio, so that when other ranters tried to challenge him about historical events, they could look here and see he wasn't completely full of himself, and actually had some idea of what he was talking about. There was no contact information, and I think I could message him through the message board, but I had to create an account for that, and I didn't really want to. If we did start talking about anything related to the Ostium Saga, I didn't want there to be even a hint of a trail anywhere, and especially not on some silly old message board. I very well remember how serious and secretive the Conclave was about all this, not to mention that person from the Ostium Network who found the book. So instead I looked up Marquette University, which is in the state of Wisconsin, apparently. And then I found the faculty page, and while there are a few medieval history professors because it's apparently a big subject at this university, there were only three specialising in the late Middle Ages, and the other two professors were women. So now I knew who William the Conk was, better known as Professor or Dr. Larry Harcourt. 
He had a kind face and a wonderful smile in the photo on the faculty page. He looked to be in his fifties or sixties, with a full head of wiry hair and a salt and pepper moustache and beard to match. He honestly looked like a really nice person I'd enjoy meeting and probably having a really good conversation with, even if it was all about how King Howard truly died at the Battle of Hastings. And now I had a way of contacting Professor Harcourt at his university email address, which was clearly displayed on the webpage. So the next important question was, what the hell was I going to say to him in the email to find out if he knew about this man's chronicle from the Ostium Sagas without actually saying the words Ostium Saga? Also, follow-up question, would the email even send properly from here at the Ostium Network? I suppose there was really only one way to find out. But first I had to have a long think on what words I was going to use that wouldn't completely give myself away. Ostium Sagas. Sixteen, Saga One, ten sixty six. Recorder's Endnote, Part Three. From Steve Chase at Hotmail.com to L Harcourt at Marquette.edu. Subject A Chronicle Like No Other. Dear Professor Harcourt, my name is Stephen Chase, and before you start searching your memory banks, no, I'm not a current nor a former student of yours. I'm someone you don't know, but I think I might know you. Or to be more precise, might know who you are affiliated with. Secretly affiliated with, that is. You see, I also have an interest in the medieval period, specifically the 11th century, and even more specifically, the Battle of Hastings, and what happened after the battle involving someone who was a witness to that both famous and infamous day and night. I came across your postings and discussions on a message board on that subject. Your insights are, well, let's just say, even if no one else seems to really believe you, I do. 
And I also believe you have or have had access to a certain source, a primary source, if you will, to provide you with these insights. Now, if you think this message is the stark ravings of a bad man and to be instantly dismissed, then I encourage you to do so and that will be the end of this matter. However, if there is something here, something within my words that rings true to you, then I should like to hear from you, for I fear we have much to discuss. Best regards, Steve Chase. As I prepared and willed myself to click the send button and take the plunge, Jean caught my attention suddenly. They said they were very interested in what I had been doing, with the Ostium sagas and in my tracking down this Professor Harcourt. They knew I wanted to maintain the utmost secrecy with all this, which they fully understood, as it is of the highest importance that Ostium and the Ostium Network, and now the Ostium Sagas, be known to as few people as possible. In which case they advised me that instead of sending an email, I should record an audio version of the message I wished to send to the professor, and then use a specific program to send it. At this point, the program opened up on my datapad, an audio-only program called Quantum Oral, or one word. Zhang said that using this program would provide the greatest encryption and security for the message I would be sending. I then asked them how Dr. Harcourt would be able to respond, as this program seemed like it was something that was specific to the Ostium network, and for that matter, wouldn't he be able to tell it was a piece of software that did not exist in his time and risk arousing his suspicions? They said I was correct, he would not recognize the program, which once my message was sent, would be made available to him on his computer, or whichever device he used most often for communicating with. But this would do all the more in convincing him that my message was legitimate, and that he should trust my words, especially if he is in fact a member of the Conclave, as I suspected. Zhang said they also suspected this, and that the security and protection of Quantum Oral was so extreme that it was impossible for anyone to trace where a message had come from, and if anyone tried to copy or alter the software in any way, it would automatically erase itself completely, with no sign of its existence remaining. Zhang also said they would be monitoring continuously at their end with the software for any signs of attempted tampering. Professor Harcourt was the only one who would be able to use Quantum Oral, if he so chose to. To be honest, I was left pretty speechless by all this from Zhang, but at this point I think they're getting pretty used to that reaction from me, because when I don't speak for minutes on end as I try to process everything I've just heard, they know to maintain their silence too, so I won't get even more confused. And once I was able to collect enough of my thoughts together to put sufficient words in a row to make coherent sentences, I thanked Zhang profusely for their, as always, invaluable help and insight and then started recording the audio version of the email I was going to send. And once I had it all ready to send off, I stopped and wondered how I was supposed to send it to the professor if this was an audio message via Quantum Oral, and I had originally been emailing him using his email address. Once again, Zhang came to the rescue and made me feel about five years old in the kindest way possible, and said the email address would still work and the audio message would get to Dr. Harcourt via his email account and prompt him to download and install the software. <laughs> right, I said, silly me, and blamed it on my spending too much of my life in the 1990s, 
when the internet was this brand new revolutionary thing that everyone started using every day, but 99% of us didn't really understand how it all worked. So with the audio recording now all ready to go, I typed in Professor Harcourt's email address, took a breath, and just as I was about to hit send for the second time, Zhang chimed in again with a very good point. Perhaps I should add an endnote about the professor needing to do his own audio recording in response to my message, if he did in fact want to respond. It seemed pretty obvious to me to be honest, but then we did want to make sure he understood everything on the first go. So I thanked Zhang again for their help and then clicked edit on the recording and added this. P.S. If you do wish to respond to this message, as I very much hope you do, then I would request you do so in the format of an audio recording, much like you are listening to this message right now. My associate has informed me that this is the most secret and secure way of contacting each other. I look forward to hearing from you. SC And before I could begin to doubt myself in any way with what I had just said and done, I hit send and off the audio message went. And so I began the waiting for a response that might never come.
the Ostium Sagas. Seventeen, Saga One, Ten Sixty Six, Recorder's Endnote, Part Four. From L. Harcourt at Marquette.edu to Steve Chase at Hotmail.com. Subject, a message like no other. Dear Mr. Chase, thank you very much for your recent audio message. To say I was surprised to hear from you doesn't even begin to cover it. As I listened to your entire message, I could not quite believe what I was hearing. And no, do not take this as any insult or critique of your British accent, which I found quite lovely. It was your words that I found most astounding. I will fully admit that most of the students that I lecture and engage with on the subject of the Battle of Hastings in the 11th century make their interest clear with their indifferent stares that they would rather be somewhere else than in my classroom. So to find this message engaging me on this subject was a sheer delight. I'm hesitant to fully entrust myself to you, Stephen, as like the beginning of any relationship I feel like we've only just met, and I will need to have a further discourse before I feel comfortable enough to share all I know on this subject and on the chronicle. Nevertheless, I can tell your wording was very carefully chosen in your message, as you too are clearly feeling me out, so to speak, and vetting me before you can put your full confidence in me. Therefore, for now, I'll keep this message on the short side and leave you with this reference to a certain primary source material. You mentioned the chronicle, and I will see you and raise you one accompanying slim volume that pairs well with said chronicle, what say you to this? Sincerely, L.F. Harcourt. P.S. While I will be the first to admit I don't fully understand how you came to reach me with this audio message method, or how any of it actually works for that matter, I do at least trust you enough to feel comfortable using this program, this quantum moral, and I feel our words will remain between you and I, and blind to any other. L.H. Because time is relative, I got a ping sound of Professor Harcourt's response almost immediately after I hit the send button on my end. So the good news is I didn't have to wait too long to find out if the professor would hear me and engage me in that audio messaging conversation. And the voice was just as warm and welcoming as the professor's face, as I had suspected. Handy advantages when trying to teach students about the medieval period. Not quite Indiana Jones-level looks, but maybe more on the realm of Indy's dad? Anyway, getting off topic a bit here. It now felt a little bit like we just made our opening moves in a metaphorical chess game, and I'll be perfectly honest in saying I'm completely rubbish at chess. But I think each of our messages made one thing clear and confirmed we were on the same page. Of the Ostium Sagas. Sorry if that was too cheesy, but I'm sure one Jake Fisher would be amused. 
but it's clear we're both talking about the same chronicle, with my pointed details and Harcourt's mention of the slim volume we all feel we know so much about already, even though we haven't read it yet. But we will, in time. All good things come to those who wait, right? Part of me wanted to shoot a quick audio message right back, and just go out and say everything. Again, see my aforementioned chess abilities, which should explain why I wanted to just get all this cloak and dagger stuff over and done with. But a small part of me wasn't sure, and even though it was a small part, I still recognised it and took it as an important warning. While I had tracked down this bloke, and it hadn't been completely easy, there had been some sleuthing involved. Okay, maybe just a tiny bit. And while I had my suspicions about him, nothing was really certain yet, so it was still necessary to be cautious. So instead of sending a new audio message, I got up and took a walk and had a think on it, and in fact waited until the next day before I made my decision. And when that next day arrived, I'd come to a good one. I was going to wait a bit. Time's all relative, remember? So Professor Harcourt would hear from me when it was the right time, and I decided the right time would be when we were on equal footing with regards to the Ostium Sagas. And what does that mean exactly? It means it's time for our second Ostium Saga! Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.